welcome to another gorgeous episode of the Moments in the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar Universe's folklore episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebvre, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We're on book two, Earth, chapter two, The Cave of the Two Lovers. In this chapter, our heroes team up with a group of nomads and find a... Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Oh yeah. Through the mountain. Secret, 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 <laughs> secret tunnel. We've arrived at the secret tunnel episode. Which every um, time I say it, it just sounds like a euphemism for a vagina. <laughs> I, I just hear like vagina in my head. I just why yeah. I keep giggling. <laughs> secret tunnel. Yes, it's Amber. my it's my secret. Okay, <laughs> you know what? It also reminds me of, and this is kind of a tangent, and we will get into the episode in a second. Do you guys it. know? Um, do you know Troy Sivan? No, the pop star. He's like he's like know. a young pop star. He's 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 done a couple like really popular songs. He did a song with Charlie XCX. He's like he's kind of an up and coming artist. Anyways, very openly gay, and he has a song called Bloom. Uh, that's literally. It's like a love song, but secretly it is about bottoming. Yes. Saying like I will bloom for you. Oh. I like amazing. <laughs> Truly. So every, it's just like it's literally talking about like I'm your young flower. Mm. I'm like your whatever. Mm. I'll I'll show you. I'll be vulnerable, but it's really just about like here's my asshole, which is fun Incredible. and gorgeous. Um anyways, so the, yeah, secret tunnel. Here's my asshole. But, <laughs> here's my asshole. Yeah. Vagina. <laughs> Vagina. I love it so much. I was also it's, thinking it's, it's, like yeah. the cave of the two lovers like should be like a lesbian bar. Yeah. It should be. It cave. really should. And there's not enough lesbian bars. I hate that like in all queer spaces, going back to why gays are bad, in most of these queer spaces, it's so oftentimes just gay male bars or gay masculine bars. And that like if there is a femme bar, it's literally just one or the one in town was closed. Like in any major city, that's oftentimes the case. And it's like, yeah, uh, so like, I, mean, I think that patriarchy at work. Part <laughs> of our job in this podcast will be to like open a lesbian bar one day and either it call it the cave of two lovers or secret tunnel. I'm totally fine with you. And it'll tunnel. just be an avatar themed lesbian bar. That yeah, is, that's honestly, that would be really fucking cute. <laughs> that would be really cute. So cute. Or even the spirit <gasps> world. Ooh. Okay, I like that one because of yeah. Cora, right? Yes. Because it's spirits. Yeah. It's boo. I love it. It's the spirit world. I love. And it. it could just be a big framed photo of uh, Cora and Asami. And like, think like up on the bar. <laughs> yes. And like the decorations will just be like lots of trippy shit. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good okay. idea. Nice we have to do it now. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll literally, I'll, I'll literally go broke for this. What if I can niche like a lesbian <laughs> avatar Cora themed bar from the spirit yeah. world? Like that is, I yeah. think that's a, about as fucking niche as we can get, and it's gonna work yeah. because of that. But, but it would still be it successful. Would, it would because be it would become a destination. Place. Yeah, a hundred percent. People would would plan wherever it is. They would make a trip <laughs> oh around God. going here. 
we're going to this oh, okay. spirit world. The doors like look like um look like the portals. Oh, we can fabricate everything. Okay. It'll, be, it'll be wonderful. Or all of it. Oh my god. What if what if to combine the ideas? The front of it is this sort of like uh earth facade that looks like the secret tunnel or the tunnel into the mountain <laughs> from the episode. That could be Or cool. like do one of those things where like there's a restaurant and then like there's a speakeasy secret bar in the oh back. My God. Like the restaurant is the spirit world and like the speakeasy is secret tunnel. Mm-hmm. Is it secret tunnel? Yeah. <laughs> secret tunnel. We're on we're onto something here. Finance. Very we're much. Here. Yeah, you you all out there are witnesses. If this is what this. you want, we'll make it. Okay, the so the cave, episode The Cave of Two Lovers. The Cave of Two Lovers. Um, we start off, everyone's kind of chilling in the lake. They're on their way to Umashu. Um, um, they meet a gang who are here to fight them. I'm just kidding. Yeah. They're here to love who them. Who are strong, like, group love vibes from mm-hmm. um, oh, this yeah. traveling singing troupe. Because it's like, here's my wife and, like, her sister. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like how even, like... To start off, too, we also get this like fun fight scene or this training sequence with Aang where he's learning to water bend, mm-hmm. and it's like he's really showing great improvement, especially since last season where he was like he's still good but kind of struggling. But we also didn't really see Katara, mm-hmm. um, and him kind of go at it in this really strong way. We're seeing mm-hmm. them both grow, like her throwing the icicle at shit at mm-hmm. him out of the, it's just like it's really well done. He's the octopus boy. He does the little octopus dance at it's the very end. Cute gorgeous it's very blushing it's cool because we get to see uh katara like post uh post being like um sort of a bona fide water master right she's um i don't know she's like even more confident and badass and i love that for her so much so uh that was a treat and it was like watching her from last season to this season is like she has come a long fucking way in basically no time. And it's because she is like just literally one of the most talented waterbenders that has ever existed. Again, like Azula has the talent and puts the work in. One difference is like she didn't know she had the talent. Like Azula was born knowing that she was special. Uh, Katara didn't necessarily know it quite the same, but she is catching up quickly. And it's why she is a formidable person in in the world well and i mean azula had so much privilege right and katara was even like dissuaded from becoming a a waterbender at like literally every turn but despite that she just was like no this is who i am i'm gonna do this um and azula like everything just came naturally and it's like yeah of course you're gonna do this let me get you the best teachers (laughs) and Katara's like I'll train into this guy for like a week and then I'm good (laughs) yeah yeah so they run into some hippies yes these nature loving free folk I feel like there's definitely a suggestion that there are mind bending drugs in the avatar world yes so they're tripping a little bit they're loving life they gotta be. they're writing songs they're and singing songs they're vibing uh and they decide to go through the cave of two lovers yes. to get to amashu and as they go along there's there's a general distress because obviously like who the fuck are these people yeah. also 
what if something crazy happens? Like they're they not don't being seem fully upfront enough. about this secret tunnel. They're also um, exactly. like their comedic timing is just very good. Where it's like, wait, we're having ideas now. I mean, I've had an idea for an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh like, yeah, oh, they're my just God. so they're behind and also like. Like yeah. nothing gets They're through the to them, so like you can say something, but then they'll say it like it was their own idea, not realizing. Like They're the perfect foils for Sokka, and that is like the all of the hilarity of this episode. Um, Sokka, yes. who is usually like the wisecracker, now he has to be serious because he's with these like literally like rock-headed people, like literally yeah. shit for brains. <laughs> <laughs> and they're <laughs> they're stuck in a deadly situation in a cave. Yeah, and he gets separated from Aang and Katara. The, the fact that he's suddenly forced to be a, the straight man is so funny. I do like the scenario. I like how we get there. Like we get introduced to these wolf bats, which are super cute and super scary. Yes, um, they're humongous and terrifying. They also scare Appa, which we hate because fuck them. You do not mess with Appa. Yes. Appa's perfect and when do not scare the, her. Uh, Poor baby. When the uh, Fire Nation traps them and Appa just runs over to where the door was and tries to like paw at the door to get out. Like I, yeah. I like teared yeah. up because you like we've never yeah. seen Appa like terrified and here they are terrified and just like this is the one place they don't yeah. want to go and uh like every moment yeah. with appa i feel was just like this range of emotions that we don't generally get because yeah. appa is generally the chillest <laughs> person right and yeah. like then seeing appa at the end and momo and they're uh, reuniting that was so sweet. oh my god yes. it was a big momo and appa moment like oh they have like it was perfect yeah and you don't see they're that truly before best like, you're like okay yes. they're just chilling whatever but like seeing how much they mean to each other was like oh my god yeah like momo fully <laughs> yeah. looks like he's saying like you will not believe how stupid these people were <laughs> like i did not literally think we were gonna get out i was so worried about you man uh, and then Appa was probably like, they totally kissed. You missed it. They kissed. <laughs> <laughs> and again, so, the parallels um, between Momo and Sokka, they're paired up again. And they are kind of the brains of this operation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I never thought of that. So if you notice, I used uh, my sexy voice in the introduction because I do feel like this uh, episode, maybe like sexy isn't the right word, but definitely like just like it's flirty. Yeah, it's, flirty. it's a little flirty. It's a There's little like it's a little pseudo romantic like blush to the cheeks. It's yeah, it's romance in in a very pure yeah. form uh, on many yeah. levels. Um, one level that I fucking love. I love the story of Oma and Shu. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, this so whole backstory. Cool. Where we literally get the history of where Earthbending yes. came from. Yes. Okay. Earthbending. That's fucking it is cool. Rooted in love and secret love. Yeah. Like hell yeah, that's cool. Also, love during wartime. Yes. Okay wild and then the fact that like their intuition and their connection to nature Ooh. also because they had to learn from the badger moles yes. these are the ones who taught them and without them without the connection to nature and without the ability to listen 
um, they wouldn't have learned how to earthbend and build and these tunnels so they could see each other. Each other. Um, yeah. and, another, and that's the power of love. And it's by, another shout um, out to that in each of these books, we do get to learn the origins of the bending forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we got to learn the origin of water bending. And here we are learning the origin of earth bending, which is just like twofold cool. It's all about love and giant ferocious beasts. <laughs> which I. Mm-hmm. Giant ferocious beasts who love music. I do music. want yes. to see more animal bending. I can't think of another time in the Avatar universe that we really see animals bending. Um, but I think besides Appa, besides Appa, right? But like, yeah. how yeah. fucking cool! Like, I want to see more of that. Yeah, I honestly would love like a whole series just about different animal species that are able to bend in some way. What if they did a Planet Earth style? <gasps> show but for all of the the life (laughs) in this world oh my god like if david attenborough like assumed like a character i like as just like a nice little world builder check so many of my boxes i would just be able to like die that would be really fun and be like yes i have seen the pinnacle of what i wanted to see in this world (laughs) yes i've seen all i need to see it doesn't get better (laughs) than this <laughs> um, I also sorry, no, Jess. I cut you off so to good. say that. You're so what were good. you gonna say? Um, I don't remember, but I do also like that this um, this episode. Everybody is completely outside of their element, literally, because nobody mm. in the group can uh, can earth bend. We can water bend. We can mm. kind of fire bend a little bit, you know. But like earth bending is like nobody mm. in this group can do that. So everybody is like yeah. equally vulnerable and. The only one that's not really freaking out yeah. is Sokka, where he's like, cool, we're going to make a map, and we're going to... Uh... Even though that makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. well, how are you going to solve for X, Sokka? There's no way you're going to ever know all the variables. Okay, well, but also as somebody that d- has done dungeon crawling and, uh, like, oh, video yeah. games oh. and, like, D&D, like... You will have to be like, okay, cool. I did go, I went three squares up and then turned to the right and then it hooked around and it's like, wait, no. And then you have to like retrace your steps. So like Matt, mm-hmm. like that was actually very smart on his part. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was, okay. I just learned something because every single time I've watched this, I'm like, that makes no sense. How do you do that? I was like, how do I was like, you can mark your steps or whatever but how do you know where everything is but i didn't know that there is like a, a science you're like to it. you're mapping the cave as you're exploring it so that way like he doesn't go in circles or if they've been here before or like worst case scenario like they can't even get back to square one to where they started to like mm-hmm. start over again because they know definitively that the right side does not lead anywhere right but if there's uh if it's a labyrinth and there's a bunch of different like twists and turns how are they ever going to know how to get back to that starting point yeah i i was like i i <laughs> my brain is not equipped to figure that out i yeah. love puzzles i would be, I would. I would I would be like where to well the- this is so fun i want to just bring this up because i thought it was really cute several years ago on my birthday, we went to a big corn maze, yes. and it was like me and a bunch of groups of people. And the two people leading us were Jess yes. and my dad. 
And they were the two people who had the map. The group of like 15 of us were just like yes. drunkenly like behind them, like whatever. I don't. Blah, blah, blah. And then they were both just like, wait, no. Okay. It's not that way. Okay. If we turn this, wait, no, that's this. You're right. Let's go left. And like, it, it was, was just, really it fun. was very funny. Yeah. They were very, <laughs> it was very cool. Wow. And we even doing that <laughs> and like not having to like backtrack or anything. It still took us like hmm. canonically like an hour and a half to get through the first half of the maze because it's the largest like the Guinness yeah. Book of World Records largest corn maze here in like Dixon, yeah. California. Um, so we got through half of it and we were like, fuck this. <laughs> we all bounced. <laughs> and then we just, we all just were like, we're done. Let's cut through and let's yeah. go home. <laughs> like, we're not going to finish it was this. Also this crowded. Is yeah, I was like, I'm just like, I'm going to continue. I'm just going to keep having a bunch of panic attacks. You guys like, let's go yeah. home. <laughs> and meanwhile, in the back, it's like, my mom has a water bottle full of vodka. <laughs> and it's just like, does anybody want to sit? <laughs> Your mom. Yeah. A mess. <laughs> It was so silly and a very fun time. But yes, Jess is very good with dungeons and leading us through in this way. Whereas I, I would have been of no use, was of no use, but in a fun way. I forgot about that. <laughs> I do. I will say I do like how we've we we. I actually don't like it because I don't like that Aang and Katara are forced together. Yeah, um, I didn't oh. like that. I like. Because I know we've talked about it briefly and we're going to talk about it more, especially when we close out the series, but it does feel like just an unnecessary romance. And I feel like it's a romance based completely in proximity. Like I understand the developing of crushes. And I think this episode, apart from like the them, like, Oh, we have to kiss to get out. But mm. like the, the conversation between them of like, she is a little nervous and she's like, well, like what if we did this? And he's like, Oh my God, I would never think to do that. And she's like, Oh, well I can't, I so like, wow, I'm the last person. Like you would rather die than kiss me. Blah, blah, blah. It was a very authentic and very sweet and very cute, mm. like banter. Cause it is very real yeah. to this age. And like the idea of kissing the idea of like, having a crush or having being infatuated with somebody like that all felt very earnest and real. Mm. Um, I just, I just have a personal beef with the romance of these characters. End of sentence. I get it. (laughs) But look, but like you said, I was like, I do think like that moment is just a little perfect. Of it is like, perfect. It's well done. Being like so flustered and not realizing that he's like arguing against himself. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, what? I'd rather kiss you than die. That's a compliment. Yeah. It's, it's such, it's such a real like argument and it's such a real like conundrum for kid for like young kids because mm-hmm. it's like, oh my it's God, love how is, do I do this? Yeah, yeah love is scary emotions are scary having a crush is scary so like seeing these two kids who are scared to like do this one who is like much stronger than the other trying to be very matter of fact and being like hey so i think i figured it out here's what i think <laughs> yeah. we should do i want to say it and then i'm gonna say it here's me saying it <laughs> what do you think uh, and it's just like she's so confident, so straightforward. She gets it, and Ang is just like, "Wait, she said it. Fuck. Um, shit. Uh, no. Like, I don't. It's what? just yeah. yeah. I think it's just really it's it's very cute, but it's also. Mm. I also think that um, 
they were lucky that they discovered the crystals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like there was nothing else that really pointed us to that. Right. Yeah. Because like the clue didn't really make sense, right? Those who trust in love, like what? But like, to... that has nothing to do with like, oh, if I trust in love, I'm gonna close my eyes and and there'll be magic crystals. I'm and if sure. you close your yeah. eyes, you can't even fucking see the crystals. Like, yeah, that's the part that didn't make sense to me. And to your point, Eric, I think um I agree with you that like it like the the forced romance of these two characters like i i think the reason it feels so forced in certain moments is because whenever we're talking about love or crushes or anything it's an entire episode that centers around that idea so we had um that one episode with the fortune teller right where everything is about yeah. love here and then we have this one where it is the the tunnel of two lovers right and then and it i feel like this whole episode was written around the idea that oh we're gonna tease them kissing like we didn't do it last like we teased the crush so we're gonna tease them kissing and we're gonna do it right off the bat but like i mean it didn't have to be a cave of two lovers it didn't have to be like i feel like it would have felt more genuine to me and a little bit less forced if it wasn't if every episode where we're going to focus in on this budding crush that they have it wasn't centered around like something else that is romantic yeah and like i get for the sake of story like most stories especially back then the like they all have this expected like there will be a romance it's not a story without a romance Mm -hmm. like people will fall in love despite the circumstance like that's for the sake of story, that's what we need, and it has to be there. I get that, but I, I just don't like it. I don't think it works well. And also, this like <laughs> my whole thing is the story is strong enough, right? Like, yeah, these characters aren't like some nobody characters who like the only thing going for them is this like the the pining after affection or the pining after like new romance or forbidden romance or whatever they're so autonomous and capable and strong in and of themselves so it does seem like this this like forcing of romance kind of seems reductive a little like just like i mean if like (laughs) i don't know all children's lives don't have to have romance everything is adventurous everything is new and when you look at like the other uh, the other romantic pairings right you look at uh, later on zuko and may right and you look at um sokka and um and yui right we just saw that like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. whole story like i mean sure there was like a part of it was just like oh well she's betrothed that's the thing but we're talking about like women's autonomy and women's place in society and Mm -hmm. stuff like that too right Mm -hmm. and the possible destruction of like of the northern water tribe right so like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like oh we're gonna go here and it's uh it's valentine's day here at the northern water tribe right (laughs) so like i feel like every other romance isn't like isn't butting up against like that kind of uh, cliche whereas Aang and Katara kind of are and that's what I think feels really out of place yeah and it just it also just bums me out because I'm like I don't it's just like (laughs) a is the reinstallation of heteronormativity which is like fine but secondarily (laughs) Katara is so capable like we don't need to just give her a boy like yeah like she (laughs) 
let her Even let her they constantly do that literally like let her find that when she needs to i feel like right now she would be like what are you talking about a boy why would i think that like no they're gonna slow me down let me live my life like that's i feel like yeah. where she's at or she's, just like yeah <laughs> we're at war i'm a 14 year old girl trying to help win a war i'm literally 14 trying to save the yeah. world do you think i give a shit about a boy but also, like i don't like i do think that to katara's character she tries to fix everything and tries to like there was the yeah. episode yeah. where she was uh the savior <laughs> of these prisoners right and like putting her like so centering herself in that and i think that she does that a little bit with this because you know, she found yeah. Aang and if she doesn't make sure that Aang gets to where he needs to be, but like also like he is a boy and he's cute, but he and he needs somebody to show him how to act and how to be a person. Yeah. And I think that she's kind of in mommy mode, but doesn't realize that maybe mommy mode doesn't mean that that's not romantic. I've been in relationships where I, I am in mommy mode. And let me tell you, that's not great. So she's gonna no. she's gonna figure <laughs> no, that out Un um, unless it's like a literally intentional play scenario, like kink wise, yeah. where it's understood and it's consensual on all very clear boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> that is the only time that mommy and daddy mode works well. Yes, but a hundred percent, yeah, absolutely, and that's yeah. that's what I it feels like with here too. Exactly, romantic situations like that. Like no, yeah. I, not here to take care of you dude literally. and like you're absolutely right like katara should know that it is not her job to take care of the avatar just because she found him in a block of ice She she does have big I can fix him energy for sure. Yeah. Yes. Like she has it with Aang. She has <laughs> she's it got with it, Zuko. She's got it with everybody. It's it's really yeah, like she has it with Jet. But I can fix him. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. But I can fix him. That is yeah. her entire MO. Oftentimes. Yeah. And, and I think that I mean, it, that's it, like uh, yeah. a little bit reductive just overall because like for me, being a young person watching stories, that's kind of the narrative. It's like, I mean, not to go back to Ghostbusters again, but Dana is kind of mommy to um, to the Bill Murray character who basically yeah. can't function or do anything and is just a fucking brat, right? So, like, that is, uh, this is what we're putting up as, hey, this is romantic. This is your place. This is how you find somebody that, you it's, know, somebody that yeah. you find somebody that yeah. needs you and then you fix them and you make sure that you they're okay. everything that they need and then they'll never be yeah. able to get rid of you. Correct. So, yeah, and then you'll be controlling. Be <laughs> yes. And a new find oh them. God. Find them, become their mom slash therapist. And then when they begin to resent you, uh, you're left in a pit of mess. Because men never Good talk luck. about their yeah. emotions. And when they do, it is special. So you need to treasure and honor that. And oh yeah. So I. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We're all so <laughs> fucking doomed. <laughs> literally. And, and that's, it's, it's literally, yeah, a hundred percent. I'm like, we don't need that. I get, I get complex characters. I get having flawed characters because we are all flawed. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. But 
hundred percent. These little moments feel so it's like it's literally like Jet, you bring up Jet. The Jet episode, like the whole time I all of us are like, what is she doing? Like nothing she's doing is correct. Every choice she's making is like, that's not Katara. Why is she doing that? We don't know. And it's not a critique, right? And like and so if it were a critique of that behavior and of like that um that expectation as a woman, then I think I would be like, Yes, a hundred percent. But it's not. It's presented as this is just how it is and this is how love works. Yeah. And this is how it's simply it's simply reinstilling it as an expectation for young women. Which is just toxic and messy and uh, yeah, and that's thank you. I feel like that all validates yeah. my yeah. that that very like it just this whole situation with them and like forcing this, especially for Katara, because Ang he's gonna be a little boy, like whatever. But for her specifically, she is so much better than this this expectation and this scenario. Like Hell yeah. she doesn't need this at all, and that's why it feels so disingenuous and just like out of place. You know what? That's also, and I'm getting ahead of myself. That's truly why I hate that they get together at the end. Like the yeah. final thing where they like kiss. I'm just like, what I, I, is I that? just hate it. Like what? They should have switched the endings mm-hmm. of the last Airbender yes. and Cora. Yeah. Cora. Why don't they? It would have made so much more sense. Don't give they us a have tease an at the end of Cora of queerness. They do. Yeah. Like show us the bloom because with Asami and Cora, like the it makes deep it so. Kiss. It, it makes, makes sense. it makes so much more sense with Asami and Korra because of their respective romances, right? Like these fuck yeah. boys who are failing at every turn, and at the end of it, they're like, "We're in love with each other. Like we've been in yeah. love with each other. You are the only person I can trust. You're the only person I like. Yeah. Of course, of course, it's you." Versus we at saw the end it. of Airbend- the last Airbender, Ugh. it would make sense for them to just hold hands, yes. embrace. Yes. Be like, look, we just did this big thing, but we're still kids. Who knows what's ahead? But we're we have this unbreakable bond, because, and that is special and beautiful. And it doesn't and have to be it romantic. Turns into romance, like later when we're like ready for that kind of stuff. Yes. But like our bond is valuable and real and tangible without us kissing and and getting into an adult serious committed relationship literally at 14 right because that also reinstills the heteronormativity aspect of like love or this like idea the that like, you can only res- or something right where it's like yeah, you fall yes, in love when you're 14 yes. or else you're doomed and oh, then God. see like that idea literally ruined a whole part of my childhood same just like same because if you don't have that then it's like what the fuck are you gonna do with the rest of your life Mm -hmm. you don't have a sweetheart that you literally played in the sandbox with that you know that one day you're gonna go back and like marry or something oh well then you're doomed because there's no like you have to do all the modern ways of meeting people Just that the expectation is so toxic. Like I don't like the so reinstallation toxic. of that because it's yeah. it, it demeans meaningful friendships too and partnerships that are aromantic yes. or that yeah. aren't sexual. These more platonic friendships yeah. that are like and it should I, be it should be celebrated to to deeply love your friends as companions to some degree. Like those closest to you. Like yes. you should be allowed that, that is good. That and it's normal. good. It's good and normal to love and your friends also it despite changes. gender. Yeah, and it changes. Yeah, in it this changes moment, in this importantly. moment, totally. And in this moment for them, again, like you said, 
the most monumental big they saved the fucking world yeah they should have this moment of like pride and of clarity and of connectedness and of mm. of love like that is there yeah unequivocally like but- love exists outside of romantic love and yes we are really doing a disservice for so many children when we don't validate other forms of deep connectedness or, that is not mm, romantic love. Because I also think about, I'm sorry, please don't lose your thought. No, I no, also no, I got think it, I about got all of like the girls that I grew up with that like would be dating some like, like literally just like a potato with legs or something. <laughs> Hello. That, we, that we knew when we were kids. And would like imagine a whole life with this dude who is just a dummy, just like a rock. Yeah. Or something. Or, or and like and even like in like those early times, like all like the girls who got married like freshman year of college. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like that's so wrong. It's, like you should have had so much more time. You should and you should I give feel, yourself the time and space. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that yes. um, exists because of the patriarchy. Because I mean, let's be real. Oh if, yeah. Uh, if they don't yeah. catch us in that moment, like we're never gonna fucking go there because men are never going to work mm-hmm. on themselves, and they yes. are n- always going to do the bare minimum. And so, I mean, if they could say like, "Hey, I love you," ha 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 ha. Like, and then let's get married right out of high school. Like, sure, let's do that. And because that is the dream and that is the ultimate expectation of young women, right? Where like you want to fall in love and you want to, oh, this is like, I mean, I... I definitely did that in high school. I'm like, oh, this is my person. I am going to marry this person. I have this promise ring. Yeah. Oh my God, right? And um, they were doing unspeakable things to it's me damaging. behind closed doors, right? And like, but because of that expectation, I was like, well, this is what it is. This is what love is, I guess. Like, and uh, and like then- This is my story. Men do that no. thing where they're like, oh, well, nobody is going to love you other than me nobody can love you other than me and and like saying all of these things because again this uh, i feel media has such a big responsibility and such such big power talking about power right and how we shape and perceive like and perceive the world and uh our place in it and so um yeah i'm right on the same page with you amber when you said like that this um yeah, I'm I'm on the same page with you 100%. Speaking speaking of patriarchy, also this dips into my what I was going to say before, this idea that like love is a finite amount. Like each person has a finite amount of love and that yes. we're taught like you can only have a certain amount and if you give too much, you're going to run out. Mm-hmm. No, we are mm-hmm. endless pits of love you, and joy. Like we, we have to catch this yeah, opportunity. We have the ability to love so many people in so many different yes. ways, and that is part of the beauty of being human. And I do think a lot of that yes. speaking of patriarchy has to do with this idea of male platonic love, because I do think that if men were allowed to love one another platonically and show affection in this way that was deemed acceptable by society, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be this disgusting predatory expectation for harnessing all of that into one person which ends up being this nasty predatory manipulative sludge vomit of control yeah and it's like no like you should yeah and it's just it's this nasty cycle that all stems from this expectation that is perpetuated by patriarchy and it's a mess yeah and that's the whole thing people should be allowed to love more and it should be more acceptable to just like 
accept that in, in, in all of its forms, whether platonic, whether sexual, what have you, it does not matter. Yes. We are capable of so much and we should nourish that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's so frustrating, you guys. <laughs> it's so stupid. It really is. Because we are so cool. Like, people are so sick, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. We're such and so weird. Interesting. Cre- we're so interesting. Like, we have such complex and beautiful brains and, like, these wonderful mm. ways of seeing the world. And what a world. Like, we're so privileged to have this cognizance. Yes. With that, why don't we explore the facets of the deepness and enriching ways of existing in this world through connection, through love and all of its forms, through everything? Like, we can do that. And that's, like, such a unique thing for us. Yeah, so I, I just it bumps me out when shit like this just perpetuates this idea of like, no, but you can only have one person. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like, like no. so dumb. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, like to your and it erases so many people's experience. <sighs> and like Jess said, it also locks people in an experience that isn't good for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it kind of uh like subliminally instills this this notion that um deep friendships can't exist deep love and friendships are invalid right Um, like i absolutely love the two of you i absolutely love um eric uh your boyfriend and i absolutely love like (laughs) there's there's so many people that i have literally endless amounts of love for but by um but and I struggled with that a lot growing up because I feel like especially as a woman I wasn't allowed to like love other women right or like have those kind Mm -hmm. of friendships like because how often Mm -hmm. do we see women actually being friends on tv or in movies right and I mean for me that's really what informed my view of the world Mm -hmm. again because I grew up in front of a TV. My family was absolute trash. (laughs) So um, (laughs) because of media and how it shaped me, it was so hard for me to understand what friendship is, what love is, what unconditional love is, what this looks like. Um, And I think that um, I think we're now starting to get like more of those um, like better pictures of that in media. Um, we have a long way to go, obviously, but like, I, I really long for the day when, you know, how much easier would my life have been if I had known what it is to be loved and that, and that being loved wasn't just like, you know, like, oh, hey, I love you. I love you too. Now be my mommy. Right. Or like, you know, like, yeah. oh, you yeah. can have like be in a romantic relationship and have other mm-hmm. friends that you love just as deep and they yeah. they can be more important to you than your than your lover yeah you know yes. like it, it and they can also be equally as important like it you don't have to rank anything you know and so there's mm. this um i feel like there's just been a lot of productiveness in um in relationships and in connections with mm. other people and like you said eric like pretending that it's finite you know and that we only have so much mm. of it or that um we talked about on our other podcast where it's you mm. don't actually like the person that you're with and you just fight all the time like that's like such a norm in yeah. in media right and i feel like um I just feel like it's all completely reductive and and back to avatar i feel like we get so many um good views of relationships and what those can look like like with uh zuko mm-hmm. and iroh right um with mm-hmm. um and like growth and what that can look like but i think it is just incredibly mm-hmm. reductive with 
um, with Ankatara, and then later on with, I mean, everybody basically, except Toph, couples up, right? Um, which we love Toph, mm, but then yeah. they retcon that in Korra, and Toph has somebody, and I mean, she does go to the swamp and yeah. is just a swamp person by herself, which is great. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. But, we, like, also... She still doesn't love those hoes, but, like... <laughs> she And I, knowing in Avatar... Yeah. I do think she still, like, kind of resists that um like coupled up thing yeah yeah totally and and knowing now um i sent you to an article about um how in the fire nation specifically in this era and and in Mm. um uh the era before um this current fire lord like queerness and same-sex uh relationships were um uh were outlawed and that's uh apparently um was i had a sister that was queer and was kind of erased because she was queer um so like also Mm. like when we're um we're on this train of heteronormativity right and Mm. like yeah that kind of makes sense in my head canon about azula yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's if yeah. She... feeling like she was always queer with Ty Lee. But, but yeah, the bottling up knowing of that. that. Yeah, like what, like specifically like bottling that up and knowing that it wasn't um, allowed that in some way pushing her to be the best so that no one could ever challenge her. And then, like, all of the pressures that it might bring on her if she ever wanted to have a full life like that. But that's, I will talk a whole lot about <laughs> Azula and my headcanon for her Wait, what was... going forward. Wait, was it Hoover or was it FDR who was gay? Sorry, this is, like, a whole separate thing. Oh? It might have been both. I, I think I think FDR did have like a boy. Wasn't JFK had, like, also gay? Yes. yes. Because Maybe. he also famously what was the quote that I sent you, Jess? I forget what it was. It was some famous queer novelist who was obviously very good friends with him. And it was from an excerpt mm. of one of his books where he was hanging out with FDR. And the three of them were just like talking about sex and then he made a uh, he made a pass at FTR and was like, "Wow, your butt looks really good in those pants," or something along those lines. He was like, "Ooh, yeah, I'm glad you like it," or something like just fun, flirty, yeah. casual sexual tension between men. Eyebrows, eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like a part of history that we don't really discuss. And you're like, and and again, that's also like bisexuality exists. There is the possibility yes. of like bi-ness in these spaces or panness in these spaces, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. outside of that. I love the idea that uh, more people are queer. Yes. Okay, you know what? Before we go, speaking of that, mm-hmm. I saw something this week that was so fun. Marlon Brando. Okay. Oh. Famous queer man, Marlon oh, Brando. Yeah. And what did it come out? Who was? <laughs> it's it's on Twitter. Richard Pryor? Yes. Talk about him with Richard yes. Pryor. Oh. <laughs> yes. It's funny because they also talk about that in Big Mouth. <laughs> Do they? Oh, my God. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they fully well, have them like animated and going down in each other in where, big mouths. Where they've talked, yeah. to, they like <laughs> in, in interviews with Richard Pryor's wife. She's been like, "Oh yeah, he 100 percent would have left me for Marlon, like in a second. Like he w- he was arguably in love with Marlon. Aww. Like they yeah. they 100 percent hooked up. They were arguably yeah. together for a short period. Like, they were ha- they were together to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just so interesting. <laughs> I I love it. Um, because it was on it was there was some Twitter thing going around mm. about like. Oh wow, Marlon Brando was really just like 
out. <laughs> somebody said yeah, he was. Yeah, but he was he, like fucking everything. Yes. Right? Like he somebody, was... somebody said, "Wow, Marlon's just out here plugging holes, isn't he?" <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, an absolute mess. It was very cute, but it was he's it was very secret it was, tunnels. <laughs> he's like plugging also... secret tunnels. Truly. <laughs> But it was like a list of all the people who had come out and been like, oh, yeah, we fucked. That's great. (laughs) Secret, secret, it's secret, so funny. Bringing it back to uh, to Avatar. I know we're <laughs> we're going on big tangents, I know. but I'm so no, but like good I, tangents. I though. follow like it. Good, ta- good yeah. relevant yeah. tangents. I love it because I feel like if we like just told any random Avatar fan, I don't like the uh, Katara and Aang got together, they would come and fight us. So yeah. I feel like uh, we don't like, have to. Okay we don't it. have to justify yeah. ourselves, yes. but like. It didn't have giving... to start when they were babies. Yes. They could have grown into it. They yes. could have had yes. lives and dated other people. Maybe also, Aang, at some point, Ang was a bad dad, and it sounds like he wasn't around for Katara very yeah. much. So, like, I mean, she like Ang like probably. Yeah, I mean, which maybe I a mean... bad husband? Who knows? But and, and there's a... lots of people that have a problem with that, and I don't. It me either. Makes it makes so sense. much fucking sense mm-hmm. to me. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk Ugh. about Iroh and Zuko a little bit because I think that okay. um, yes. they had a very oh. fun moment where they had to check their yeah, own. Yeah, we didn't talk about them at they all. They had to check their <laughs> own. I was like, wait, were they in this episode? Yes, yes, yes. I they had to check their privilege um, and they were just yeah. um, failing at every moment because they cannot yeah. survive in the wild. Zuko was just like, yeah. I can't live they like this. I was Boy Scouts. I, the audacity they... to say, <laughs> the audacity for him to say, I wasn't meant to be a fugitive. Like other people yeah. are meant to be a fugitive, right? um then like some people just the refugee life agrees with them i was never (laughs) meant to be homeless and i mean that's kind of kind of uh ties into the conversation about uh refugees and who gets privileged in that right with what we're seeing today yeah so oh my gosh geopolitical parallels yes geopolitical parallels um, but iroh finding that white dragon bush and then being like is this tea is this poison so i'm gonna find out i'm good the fact that he's willing <laughs> oh, to like you know end his life over a good cup of tea <laughs> i know and then he's like wait it's great i think i'm okay because i think i found the antidote but it also could totally kill me right now but like i think i found Mm -hmm. it look we are we're so good at living out (laughs) here we could totally do this zuko (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) zuko's like this is ridiculous we're gonna die really soon um there's that really great line um from zuko and ira when they're talking they're like well where we're gonna go if we go to the Fire Nation, they're going to. Oh no! If we go to the Earth Kingdom, they'll arrest the, us. We'll if we die. Go to the Fire Nation. Um, yeah. Oh, if we pick totally the Earth Kingdom, let's start yeah. it over. <laughs> if we pick the Earth Kingdom, we uh, they're going to kill us. They'll have us killed. If we go to the Fire Nation, Azula's going to take us prisoner. Earth Kingdom, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they go there. They find some people that are like, these poor idiots are going to die in the woods. Let's get them some nice calamine lotion or whatever they were putting on his rash. <laughs> Fed him. 
Um, the young girl was even like flirting a little with Zuko because like, hey, a young hot refugee has come in from the woods. It's an important time for Zuko because he also gets to see like up close and personal what his family's war is doing to the world. He's like, oh, we even hurt a young girl. I mean, like, just like I was hurt when I was a little baby. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and then how does he repay that? He steals her fucking mount. Like, yeah. yeah. And here's again, I I liked that a lot yeah. because it did mm-hmm. it did establish like he's still going through it. He's not changing in a day. Yeah. It's gonna take yeah. a lot of steps for him to really get to that point. And I do mm-hmm. think that like seeing him butt up against this this like whole new world called empathy like seeing yeah. him take a step into it and then step out of it like he's he's dipping his toe into like, it like I just can't. And it's it's nice to see and yeah. again it really is like it is a great moment of realization for him and it really it, it it's it gets the ball rolling for him becoming a yeah. quote-unquote good guy mm-hmm. there's also something i looked up in the episode um in in like the scene where like they're leaving and Zuko is stealing the little bird horse thing, um, there are fireflies flying around, um, and I looked at that and I was like, wait, I thought that fireflies like just didn't exist in other continents or didn't exist in Asia. So I looked it up. There are fireflies, fireflies in Asia, but they don't fly around. They perch on trees and glow. And I was just like, oh, interesting, Avatar. I see that you made a little mistake there. (laughs) Well, also... uh, Or you made a little change just to make it more palatable to white North American people. I see what you did there. Also, we were watching it. And as soon as she said... Um, she's like, oh yeah, we'll get this started pronto. Eric's like, oh, I didn't know there were Italians here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, when were Italians in Asia? That's so interesting. <laughs> just, it's just like a, yeah, a very, very clearly, this is very clearly like an American show, but it was just very funny. Yeah. Another one of those little like, obviously it's not even a real place. I will but say <laughs> that I would, it was, it was very funny. I would happily watch absolutely anything. Um, as long as Eric is doing commentary on it. Like, oh, it's great. That oh, yeah. I would always, like, you know, you can have directors. I would always have Eric's commentary on every single time. Yeah, he's so insightful. He sees things that nobody does. It's so fun. It's truly so fun. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. <laughs> he's the best. Um, did we talk about it? I totally even forgot about I did Zuko too. and I wrote I mean, this. apart from that big moment, I really do think there's nothing really mm-hmm. else to say about no. their story Mm -hmm. it was a big lovers situation and we got Mm -hmm. deep into that so i do think like that's it and just the stealing Mm -hmm. of the thing and him being like why are you gonna steal that he's like i don't care let's go and you're like all right you yeah you big jerk yeah that's how um but yeah i felt (laughs) but i do think that it's it's good to acknowledge just because they um because it was him kind of seeing up close like you said amber like oh why did we burn this girl? Like, how does that make sense? Right. And then seeing, seeing the kindness that she still has for him, like, you know, for a a fellow Mm. refugee and then like him still having the audacity to, uh, to take from her, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, an interesting moment. Gus. 
Yes. And just Iroh. That was a uh, great Iroh moment with the T. <laughs> it was very cute. And even when him- the rash spreads to my lungs, I'll stop breathing. But you know what? <laughs> He's so positive, even he- in that moment. Him getting the the antidote and it like shows him and his cheeks are all puffy. It's like you're mm. big silly, <laughs> little cutie. I, he, I'm obsessed. Oh, it's so it's so bad. He's gonna drink some poison in uh, the woods. <laughs> what a what a big dumb puppy that man. Mm. My God. <laughs> um, well, it looks like we've come to another end of an episode yet again. Yet again. End of another week for our gorgeous little podcast. Um, I want to say thank you from us to you, listener, for joining us here today. You're a joy, a treat, and an absolute dream. Thank you for tuning in. All of the music and the masterful editing done by Eric Lefebvre. Artwork done by David Tercero, my husband, yeah mm-hmm. um please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcast it is so helpful and we love you for it mm-hmm. uh remember uncle ira war criminal Always. please don't forget don't forget um it. we talk so much positive about him but truly remember that he has killed people for sport um a bad man <laughs> is this man <laughs> <laughs> for a sport yeah he's he's not a good guy <laughs> um but he's changing and we can change him yes. um and that is the point yeah <laughs> that's the point of love of falling in love is to be able to change someone yeah to find someone who's so messed up that and, you can fix them and just spend the rest of your life doing that yeah. you don't have to ever worry about anything exactly or ever evolving yourself ever again you become mommy and that's the end goal Woo! yes okay yes. thank you so much um, bye. bye everybody <laughs> bye podcast has been brought to you by the nostalgia network visit the nostalgianetwork.com for more don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think whoa that didn't age well or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think did we really need this honestly same that's why we started the nostalgia podcast A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like The patriarchy Systemic racism Harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations And really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. That's Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not Nostalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not Nostalgia. <laughs> follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye!